Welcome back to the Malinoka Oi Magazine and Silver Shark Media Podcast. I'm Jason Evans of Silver Shark Media. As always, we thank you for tuning in today and encourage you to subscribe and download to the podcast series. I'd like to welcome our next guest, Leah Krieg, who is a regular performer with Maui on stage over the years, among many other hats you wear, Leah. So thanks for taking the time to chat today. Hi, how is everybody doing? I'm, I'm actually quite honored to be here. I almost feel like I'm actually getting to perform in some sort of way, which hasn't happened since March. Yes, and that is something we are definitely going to talk about from a creative arts standpoint is uh, how this year has been. But before we get into that, in full disclosure, I've known Leah for a long time now. We've worked together many times in the past. Leah was the host of the Making Over Maui series we produced in partnership with Maui Noko Oi Magazine back all the way, Leah, back in 2011. I think we were roaming oh Front God. Street trying to nab someone for a makeover with uh, Tiana from Plush, and we were successful in doing so, and we did another... Well, let's just stop right there because... Let us also talk about how many people did not want a free head-to-toe makeover. Yep, free head-to-toe makeover from Plush with clothing, I believe, from Mahina. And we probably had about 15 no's along the way before we finally got our first yes. But, you know, the one... The person who did say the yes, what it was so worth it at the end. It was. It was. And actually, the Making Over Maui series still lives on YouTube if anyone's interested in, in reliving the greatest hits. But we, we did a lot of good stuff for, I think, over something like 50 different uh, episodes featuring businesses and stories in the community. So... All good stuff. And so we're back. It was a great show. It was a great show. We're back reunited again, but this time now you're the one that's going to be interviewed instead of what you were doing back then. So I'm I'm trying really hard not to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start. You know, we're here to kind of promote a little bit the Halloween fundraiser at Maui on stage. So let's start with your background in performance. You are a very accredited performer in the creative arts field. So tell me a little bit about how you got into acting and what that passion was early on for you you know it's really weird I can't tell you because I think I was just born this way um if you look at my mom has a little preschool collage I think every parent has to do it it's like Leah's favorite food is this and her favorite show is that and it literally says that I was born with a microphone in my hand hmm. And almost every picture I have is of me either dressing up playing some kind of character or So I really feel like it was just not really my decision. It was just maybe something in my DNA. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) But you went to school for marine biology, right? No, it's okay. But you were close. Biology. I went to school. I have um, a bachelor's in cell and molecular biology and also in animal science. That is kind of the studious side that that you balance with your creative side. My parents were very adamant about making sure that I had a backup plan. Sure. Which some people would say, like, you know, if you watch those famous, like, Jim Carrey wrote himself a check for a million dollars. And, you know, basically all the people who succeed, it's their only choice and they don't have another option. But, you know, I am going to say thank you right now to my parents because... If it weren't for that degree during the shutdown, I could be in the same boat as a lot of my very talented um, professional friends that are in the entertainment field. So that's why this fundraiser that we're doing is of um, is the utmost importance for uh, those who participate and support the arts and enjoy the arts, you know, to come together 
and contribute to whatever it is these little arts organizations are trying to do to stay afloat. Yeah. We want to keep the arts alive. Yeah. Well, Mally on Stage is something near and dear to your heart because you've been involved for so much. Tell me about kind of your background in particular. I've seen you in a number of different plays and a number of different characters and challenges that you've taken on. What are some roles that you've played at Mally on Stage over the years that have been some of your favorites? Oh, geez. I know. It was so funny when they approached me for this project. um, The stipulation was to pick a piece from a show that we had performed ourselves at the EL. And I almost forgot some of the parts I played. Yeah. <laughs> but I would have to say um, my favorite part that I've ever played at Maui on stage, I think I have two. One was uh, Christine Colgate in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the musical. Mm-hmm. And then um, the second ro- role was the role that I just played. And that was Kira in Xanadu, the musical that no one got to see because halfway through the run was when the pandemic started. This role was very different for you because there was an added layer that you basically had to learn how to roller skate. And I did, and I was terrible at it. <laughs> so so tell, but, for, for people who might not know what that show is about, tell them what that is oh, about sure. and what your training was for that. So um, Xanadu the Musical, I mean, when I saw it on the ticket for the season, I actually it wasn't even on the ticket for the season. They had actually wanted to do chorus line, but with the um, amount of cast that they required and the people who auditioned, it just wasn't possible to put it on. So what they did was they decided to choose Xanadu, which I'm so happy about because I did not realize being that I grew up kind of in the time of Greece and, you know, flash dance and everything. When Xanadu, when I was at the video store and I was like, oh my God, Olivia Newton-John, she's Sandy in Greece. I'm going to watch this movie. And I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> and if you um, look up the history behind it, it was one of the biggest budgets that a movie was ever given at the time probably because it was trying to ride on the grease right um success and also because the you know legendary gene kelly was a part of it yep. as well yep. and they spared no expense but it was kind of like they took every possible new special effect and technology that was like around in 81 or 80 i can't remember when it was but and they just threw it all in one movie yeah (laughs) which made no sense the movie made no sense that was the 80s yeah and i was just like what how are they gonna make this into a musical but then when i read the script and i actually watched a bootleg of the broadway version i was in hysterics it is a parody of the movie of the 80s and of the what they call jukebox musicals now Mm -hmm. where they just take a soundtrack or they take a you know like you know mama mia for example they just take abba's song list and then they create a show around it right it's like or uh rock of ages or these these things that they're jersey boys all Mm -hmm. these things so it's like kind of like how hollywood's remaking all their awesome childhood movies now yeah it's like similar but it was a parody on that and i had just finished doing evil dead the musical in the fall, which was hilarious, also a parody about musicals and about um, the Evil Dead series. And this was the same thing, only thing it had 
uh, you know, cotton candy, rainbows and roller skates. So, yeah, it was hilarious. It was so much fun. And, you know, I always pick because these community theater shows, what people don't realize is we are volunteers. I do not get paid, even though I do work professionally on my own. I choose these things because it's a passion project and the script, the added challenge of having to sing, dance and then act, which included switching between three accents on roller skates at the same time, was something that I definitely wanted to take a bite out of. And the cast was, everyone was like top notch. There were no weak links. And we had a blast and literally, you know, used to fall on our butts laughing (laughs) because of the roller skates too not just because of the script well i'm glad you mentioned the the volunteer part because i'm not sure if everyone realizes that is when they say community theater like they mean it like these are people that are volunteering their time and their passion and their energy um, to do these shows that are fantastic when you watch them and and to see them just at eof theater is really a a nice experience Um, oh gosh that theater is um it's one of my favorite places on earth. Yeah. Um, Frank Sinatra has performed there. Um, you know, and it's it's a part of our history as Maui goes, you know, one of the most historical places on the island. Um, my grandfather used to sneak in there, oh, save his, t- whatever, I can't remember how much it was, and watch movies in there. And uh, my mom, same thing, used to take my mom and her brothers to watch movies in there. So for my, for myself, it, it holds so much more. And I think for a lot of people as well, you can have so many memories were made there, things that will never happen again. And that's the, one of the beautiful things about live theater is that you go to any show, you can't see the same show twice. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing as a performer. That's why I love live theater. You can't, that show will never be again. Right. Even though I'm doing the same production, that night will never be the same as the night subsequent nights or the nights before as well. So, yeah, which is absolutely the yeah. draw to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, walk me through the timeline for you this March. Um, you guys all put a lot of time and energy into this new performance. And what was the timing like for Maui on stage for the theater? Because obviously it went from kind of zero to 60 to, hey, you know, we can't have crowds anymore. So what was that timeline like for you guys? So interestingly enough, we actually, because of the switch in shows, we started uh, two weeks later than normal for a rehearsal process. So and because the show was so technical and everyone had to roller skate, um, it was quite a challenge. We literally, I remember Tech Week looking around just crying because it was like maybe the first time I had ever done the whole show and actually could have skated on the whole set because mm-hmm. it requires so much volunteer effort and work. And when you're trying to throw something together, like and people don't see this kind of thing, you know, they see the finished product, which is always wonderful. And it comes with so much heart and soul. And I think that really transmits um, into the audience and your experience as well, which is something I think that um, sometimes when you watch a more polished production, you kind of lose a little bit of that. Yeah. So we worked really hard. It was going really well and people didn't know the show. So the thing about Maui is a lot of times they, they know shows and it, most of the time they're much older musicals or older shows that are, you know, very popular and very long-standing. So these newer musicals, we kind of have to take time to build our audience to get the coconut wireless going, yeah, right? Yeah. 
And it was, we were starting and I was like so excited for, you know, the last weekend, I think we were going to be sold out the entire time. And I, this was kind of right when the pandemic had started hitting and they were talking about whether they were going to have to shut things down. I think we were watching Europe get shut down and Mm -hmm. like China was getting shut down and people just started on their own deciding you know, not to go out, which of course we understood. Nobody knew what was happening. We still don't know what's happening. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and um, it was disappointing, but I do understand why people made the choice. So, you know, even though we the ticket sales had been shown as being sold out, we would have very like sparse crowds uh, that Friday. And then of course, then Saturday and then Sunday, we had even smaller and smaller but the people who came were so appreciative and, you know, there are no small crowds. You perform for one. That's fine with me. And I would love to say we could do a revamp, but <laughs> I don't know if, I, um, I don't know if that's going to be possible ever. Um, things have changed a lot. Well, what, I mean, I, I just remember specifically in like March, April, when New York was kind of getting the brunt of things in, in the States, when Broadway, you know, Broadway shut down as a unit all at once. Mm-hmm. And it, yes. it wasn't like, hey, we're going to close for a month. It was Broadway's done this year. And we were hearing yes. that back in April where you're like. They're still done. They, like they and don't I, think they're opening until yeah. June or something. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that was one of the things from the performing arts side that when when they're saying that in like April and you're thinking because, you know, as we knew nothing back then in March mm-hmm. and April of how long this was going to be. And you're like, wow, like they're shutting, that's eight months. And now you look back and as you said, they'll be lucky to be back up in eight months with, exactly. with full crowd. So w- as a performer and, and someone that has such a passion for this and you, you do have a, a separate full-time job, but this is a big part of who you are. Exactly. What, what has this year been like and what is it like for you looking ahead where normally you would have wrapped one show and been looking at the next one a few months down the road and to just not be able to have that outlet and not know when that outlet's coming back what has that been like for you you might just make me cry (laughs) (laughs) um it's been very depressing to be quite frank yeah um you know people have they surf or they um they do outdoor things. We live in Hawaii. It's a beautiful place. I grew up in a dark air-conditioned theater my whole life, you know, or in a dance studio or rehearsal space. And that requires congregating. It requires people. And in order to put on a show, you need an audience. So it's definitely challenged me emotionally and, um, you know, and mentally, my mental health. Has suffered, but then just like we, the show must go on. Mm -hmm. So such is life. And I have been uh, a part of a Zoom, all female Shakespeare Zoom reading. Very cool. In the opening of the pandemic, which was really fun, um, which is done by one of my friends, um, Jefferson Davis, and he runs the um, Maui Ono Shakespeare group, which is quite cool because they can actually go outdoors and do their thing. So that might be something we could look at in the future, maybe for Maui on stage as well, maybe doing some outdoor things where people can socially distance sure. at the same time. Um, also, um, 
just I picked up the ukulele again. It's been dusty in my closet for a long time. <laughs> I'm trying to teach myself how to play and sing at the same time, which I'm awfully horrible at. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to get a new, you know, focus on your arts. Um, but you know what? There's something to be said about missing that connection with the audience because it becomes a relationship. Every night when you perform on stage, there's a special, very intimate relationship that you have with the people on stage and the people in the audience. And it's quite a fulfilling energy exchange, I think, on both ends. And they both bounce back and feed off of each other. And it's it's quite interesting. It's like a whole marriage all in one night in, yeah. the, in the span of 90 minutes or, or a little bit more than that sometimes. And, uh, you know, you feed and you build and you say, oh, that didn't work. And then this really worked. And like, you know, they, they're enjoying it or they're hating it. It's like so interesting each night to it's almost like going on a date with a different person. <laughs> well, I will I will switch it to a more positive question. Yes. <laughs> what is one role that you have always wanted to play but have not gotten the opportunity yet? Oh my gosh, one? Just w- give me the top one. I'm sure there's a I few. God. Uh, oh, I would have to say that one of the top roles that I would love to take on is Dot in um, Sunday in the Park with George. Any musical theater, for, well, not any, a lot of musical theater people, it's Sondheim for one, which is difficult and challenging, but so beautiful. And, um, you know, this man is a genius lyricist, genius composer. His ideas, his thoughts behind how he puts things together are just, you know, it's quite like Shakespeare, you know. Yeah. I mean, somebody might get really mad at me for comparing Sondheim to Shakespeare. But, um, and I just really identify with the character. Uh, in fact, Jake Gyllenhaal just, with An- Annalie, Annalie Gifford or something like that, I think that's her name. Um they just did it uh, as a revival on Broadway. And did you know that Jake Gyllenhaal can sing pretty good? <laughs> I've actually, I, ironically, I've actually heard that. And I think uh, some of these actors, you know, we saw Bradley Cooper, right? With uh, yeah. the Lady Gaga movie it, that I'm yeah. forgetting off the top of my head. But I think a lot of these actors come up with, much like you, have to diversify and, and their talents and, and right. hone and in on what works. Right, and it just gives me such more of a respect for them. Sure, you absolutely. Know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think... You talked about uh, what people don't see, and and that that goes into anything. You can say that for your actors in movies, your actors on plays. Uh-huh. Um, there is a lot that goes into what you do. Yes, and and I think also it's important for these people who have this type of theater background to come and do these things and expose the general population that might not really be into theater or plays or think that it has a certain. Um, you know, place in society and only these types of people go to the theater, you know, and stuff like that. I think it's important for us to expose theater to people who haven't had that exposure in their life Mm -hmm. because this is the foundation of everything that they enjoy. So movies, video games. Now, video games have become ridiculously intricate. They have, like, Mm -hmm. storylines and characters. In fact, you can get jobs being the characters and like voiceover characters in video games that's one of the hot tickets now yeah you score an acting job as a as a virtual character yeah you're, you're exactly so. so you know all this cosplay stuff all of this comes from from theater 
you know? So I think it's really important for people not to forget that. I didn't grow up with Maui on stage per se um, because they didn't have a youth program at the time. They do now. But growing up here, you know, that's why it's so important to support these uh, small community theater foundation or organizations because we're, they're doing so much work with the youth and exposing them and cultivating this, you know, sense of wonder and curiosity and creativity, which really spills out into so many things in life. You know, it's like during this pandemic, everyone, you can really see people and how they dealt with the changes and just this forced, this forced pretty much flip, Mm -hmm. 180 flip of their existence. And for me, I thought, wow, this is kind of like, you know, when a, if an actor were just to like faint on stage or, or the set fell down, like mm-hmm. right in the middle of performance, what do you do? Yeah. You know, and, and these skills and these attributes about being able to change and adapt and think on your feet and accept and then look at things in a different way of how we're going to solve a problem. I mean, when you start this with kids, which is what I firmly believe as a teacher as well, um, it's, it's a very, very important. And I think it's a very integral to the success of our kids right now. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Well, what one thing you are going to get a little bit of your creative outlet back on, on this Saturday. So tell me what you're doing um, this Halloween. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm actually quite excited that it's on Halloween because it's my favorite, but I'm not seeing a spooky song. Um, but we were, cho- uh, we were told to choose a song from a show that we had done before. And I went through it and I was like, they're like, what about Chicago? And I was like, well, Chicago kind of has, you have to have the ensemble. It doesn't work without, you know, everyone. Um, And I'm a little out of shape from the quarantine. So I don't think I'll be doing any cartwheels and singing at the same time. Um, uh, (laughs) And then, um, you know, Xanadu was was great, but they're they're pop songs, and I just I I was thinking about one of the shows that was so cohesive, and I had such a great bond and such a sense of community with my fellow actors, and just when I started thinking about that show and about about the song that I chose to sing, it is quite apropos to the time. And it's called um, Nothing is Too Wonderful to be True from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. All right. And if people want to learn more about the Maui on Stage Halloween event, how can they do so? Oh, definitely check out MauiOnStage.com. I mean, I am just a tiny crumble of pie crust on this pie full of really talented people that are going to be joining me on stage. I mean, we have Amy Hanaili'i, her brother Eric Gilliam. Um, we've got Lynn McEwen, who is now also the executive director of Pro Arts. Um, so many familiar theater faces. And I'm very excited. Unfortunately, because of the way we have to do things and the rules, I won't really get to, to watch them perform. Right. Nor will I be able to be in the theater at the same time when we're filming. But, um, but I, I can't wait to watch it myself. To be well, quite it is very cool. It's going to be a very different Halloween for everybody. Um, so I think it's uh, in a way that 
you know, where you can help support a local organization. It's, it's always a good combination of things to do. And speaking of supporting, uh, foundations, you are also, um, going to be hosting a virtual fundraiser for book trust, which is a nonprofit. We did a podcast with, uh, about a month or so ago. So that'll be on December 3rd. And Leo, I am so excited about that because I think I'm probably the only child Correct me if somebody else shares this. We could. I want to be your friend that has ever sent to the principal for reading her book in class too much. <laughs> for reading too much, too much. Uh, I a fire drill went off and I didn't even realize. It. And all the kids went out and I was still reading my book. I used to hide it under my um, desk and like just read while math was going on. Probably because I'm really well, interested. In I think I think you and Book Trust are a good match. As are uh, the the Maui on stage event uh, this Saturday on Halloween. So. Leah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Um, I know your story a little bit uh, over the years, so I'm excited to share it with with more people um, that can kind of learn about your background. I'm so honored and so um, happy to be back with working with my Milk Oil Magazine again a little bit in this way. And um, also, of course, you've been my longtime friend and buddy forever. Yep, yep. Gave me my my first opportunity to become an on-camera host, so I'm forever indebted to you for that. And um, also... Um, just want to say that Maui on stage, Luana, who is the executive director um, there now, she is also a, uh, you know, born and raised theater kid from the same um, lineage that I come from. So is Amy, so is Eric, all these people. We are doing this to save the EL and all it means to so many people that it has touched over the years. So I really encourage you guys to check it out. Awesome. Well, Leah, thank you so much as always. And I'm sure we will be working together on something else soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jay.